recording a lot of podcasts lately. Is it just me or do we so record... many podcasts? Do we just record a lot of podcasts? Yes, it's like taking over my life. Like but in a good way or in a bad way? No, in a good way. I like it, but it's like almost every week. It's like every week but one. It is literally every week. We watch a movie every we record a podcast every week. And which I know there are probably other people out there who are like, what the fuck? I record like seven podcasts a week. And it's like, well, I'm yeah. sorry. But yeah. for the longest time, we had one podcast and we only recorded one once month. a month. And when, and then we chopped it up. I put it on the butcher's block and chopped it up for an entire month. Yeah, no, it's um pod- and then the, podcast the, life. The week that we don't record a podcast, we ha- we usually have writer's group. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we record like every every week. Every week. I like and it, though. I, I like it, too. I'm watching I just, so many movies. Yeah, it's fun. And it's like yeah. when they're assigned, you're like you have fun with it. Like you're not like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like I get kind of in, 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 in indecisive about films sometimes. I'm like, I'm not in the mood for that. I'm not in the mood for that. But I do the same thing. Like I'll be I have a list of all these fucking movies I'm supposed to watch. And and then I, I get paralysis the moment I turn on because I'm like which one what if I pick the wrong one yeah but because we have to watch stuff for the podcast it's like oh well I'm just gonna watch this and then I'm I'm pretty happy about it well I am I know that if I'm in the wrong mood I will not like something and then I'll like write it off my list and Mm -hmm. it'll be bad like okay so when Schitt's Creek first came out Oh, I the, just started watching season. that. I just started w- w- watching it too. So when it first came out. How many episodes out, are you in? Like seven. Oh, I'm only like two or three episodes in, but I love it. I love it. So, but I watched it when it first came out. I watched the first two episodes the mm-hmm. first year it came out. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Was like, hated this is it. crap. Hated it. Crap? Um, how could you hate I thought it you, was crap. How could anything here, that Eugene here, Levy and Catherine listen. O'Hara do? Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. I was in a bad mood, okay. like because I watched it this time, and I was like, "What the fuck was I thinking? You this is amazing." Feeling, you weren't feeling like you wanted to be joked with. It was amazing, and I yeah. was like, I started to watch um, Shit's Creek this week because we saw Dan Le- Levy in um, ha- right. Happy Season for the fe- Feminine Mistake, and that's right. So, listeners, just for set, just uh, I'll just drop this in here listeners we also do another podcast called the feminine mistake podcast where we watch movies and we talk about how women are portrayed in those movies and this month we watched happiest season with Kristen stewart and dan uh, levy so anyway please continue yeah so i was like okay this guy is amazing and i need to give Shit's creek one more try because i've been seeing so many gifts of his character and so many like oh i love him su- 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 super cuts of him going oh my god <laughs> um and also so... his sweatpants are ridiculous like the, even just in the first two up ep- two or three episodes i saw like he's always wearing sweatpants but they're like they're like yoke they're like these the low, weird saggy sa- saggy low g- yoga what pants did his dad joke about his pants his dad made a jo- jo- joke about his pants about them being oh, I like know. i forget what he said but it was hilarious he yeah. like joked about the fact that they're like set oh it was like big soggy diet soggy diaper i've heard people refer to those types of pants as soggy diaper pants you know you know speaking of sweatpants 
Oh. Uh, I feel like we've got we. There's a lot of sweatpant uh, work in this film that we watched to this 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 week. Oh, a lot of sweatpants. Segway. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Adam and Andy podcast. Welcome. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And uh, this is a podcast where we watch only Adam Driver and Andy Samberg movies. And this month, or sorry, this week, uh, because we record this twice a month. This week it was an Andy week, and we watched. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Did you look up the year for this movie? Because I 2006. Forgot. 2006? Oh, my God. What a... That was like a million years ago. Wait. I think it was 2007. Holy Let fucking just, shit. Hold on. That was so long ago. Hold on. We didn't Hot. even know each other in 2007, Sarah. I know. 2007. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. 2007. I was Ooh. still living in Chicago. Wow. I was not I even, I wasn't was, even married. Yeah. I was a no, I was freshman in co- college. Wow. Uh, I was just, I was in film school, so I was in grad school and uh, I was not, I was uh, just a, just a babe in the world. Just the babe. Just a babe. Super hot um, babe. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about this movie with you, Sarah. Oh, I'm so excited too. <laughs> This is so <laughs> ominous. Um, before we do that, would you like to get into some Adam and Andy news? Yes. Okay. So this week, uh, I have a couple of articles um, with some quotes. So a couple things. Uh, do you want to start with Adam or Andy? I guess let's start with uh, Adam because then we'll just we'll just like dive right into Andy and just stay stay in Andy. Stay land. in Andy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, not, not too much new news. Um, Adam, so Adam did, and here, let me see if I can text you a picture of this. Um, Adam did begin work. Well, he had already begun, they've already, they begun work on 65 and he was on set on his birthday, <laughs> apparently Ooh. to shoot pickups or reshoots shoots or something, mm-hmm. uh, for 65. So, um, so let me just text you. So this picture um, actually came out like right after we recorded the last podcast. So in, in Twitter land, this is actually kind of old news. Uh, but this picture was just like all over the place. So here's a picture. I'm texting it to you right now of Adam on the set of 65. Uh, everyone going just completely fucking bonkers over that green hoodie and sweatpants that he's wearing. Um, so... Apparently he was yeah. So uh let's see. People, people. I mean wow. who I mean, doesn't love sweatpants? Just, he's just wearing clothes. Like he's just wearing clothes. But when just he a wears guy. I know, but Sarah, when he wears clothes, it's different. Okay. When a, then when a normal man wears clothes, don't you think? Uh he's cute. So he's- uh apparently so this is actually a quote from twenty sixteen in this article. What I like, so uh, he's talking about, re- I guess he's talking about reshoots. What I like about sets is that you get to so many chances to do it again and again. I love the idea of doing a lot of takes because there's so many different ways that you can play scenes. So I guess he doesn't mind having to go back. I would on only set. give him one take. I don't like for my actors to have fun. I would, ki- I would, you, Sarah, I've worked I'm joking. with you. I've worked <laughs> with you. Look, you're not a person that does excessive takes. 
You're not an excessive take director, but I think I you think do that keep it, going until you get what you want. I think that it assaults the a- 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 actors. Like if you do too many takes, like it's either to get some kind of re- reaction, some bad re- reaction from some, them. Yeah, you're trying to poke them or something. Right, which I don't. Like. It's manipulative. It's manipulative. I, look, yeah, I, you know what? I agree with you, and I think this is why we work so well together when on uh, when we're uh, shooting a film. I believe in a couple of takes. Like, uh, if you cast right, then you cast the person who's going to give you what you want. Now, obviously, certain scenes with more complexity require more takes. Sometimes it's about the camera move, or sometimes it's. Uh, you know, you've got a special effect or like a, a fight scene or, or some kind of choreography that requires multiple takes. Uh, I think it's always good to do multiple takes to try out different things. Uh, I, I, I always like it as an actor or when I'm directing, I like to give actors a chance to have a take where they just do whatever they want, you know. Um, but yeah, I feel like when you're honestly as an editor, when I'm picking the best takes, it's usually going to be the first one or two takes unless there was a problem with the with the like if the the you know we're doing a complicated camera move in the camera you know that's different but if it's just the actor sitting in front of the camera acting usually the first take or two is the best to me yeah i agree uh anything beyond that and you're just i think wearing them down and yeah and it's like i don't know why you're doing that like what are you trying to unless you want a worn down performance such as in the shining with shelly duvall so she's a but she's a fucking actor just ask her act her ask her to act like an abused woman or whatever like whatever it is you have obviously you wouldn't say that specifically because that's not very helpful direction but ask her to (laughs) act bless you (coughs) that is the daintiest sneeze i've ever seen yes uh, um, yeah, no, I, I think multiple asking an actor to do take after take, like, you know, 40 takes or something is just, it's fucking it's absurd. Abuse. It's, it's absurd. And if I was your editor, I would be like, fuck you. How yeah. dare you make me watch? I mean, obviously, they're probably somebody like, a, you know, um, a David Fincher or a Stanley Kubrick is going to probably obsessively mark their favorite takes anyway, but. As an editor, I would be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, um, so that's all the, really the news for Adam. He's on set. He's shooting 65. Uh, that's the only picture that I've seen from set. So either he's been on break recently or he's been under wraps. I don't know. But uh, uh, I'm sure right after we record this, probably the moment I shut off this microphone, something will happen. That seems to always be yeah. the way. Um, also I've got, uh, uh, okay. So that's, that's kind of all the news I have for Adam. Um, uh, also, uh, this isn't really news, but around this time in 2018, uh, the last Jedi was released. Mm -hmm. So, uh, people have been reminiscing about that, of course, or was it 2017? Actually, I'm sorry. It was 2017. Cause there were like two years in between the movies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, did the, 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 the last one came out last in 20, year? The last one came out, like, not now, but around now. It was around now, because I remember I went, I think, around my birthday. No, the, I'm saying, did it come out last Skywalker. year? The Rise of Skywalker yeah, came out came last came out in year? December okay. of 2019, which feels okay. like a whole different universe. Yeah. Um, okay, so Andy News. Uh, I believe, I don't know that they've, I don't know if they've started shooting Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet. We Last time we talked, they were doing a table read. 
Um, but a- Andy recently did a podcast uh, on uh, with Variety. Uh, so he did a podcast. He and Chris Mil- Milioti did a podcast, and there were some quotes here from the podcast. First of all, uh, he ha- he talked about uh, you know, there's new diversity requirements for the Academy Awards, right? No. I didn't know that. Okay, well, there are, uh, not to get into it too deeply, but there's basically like a diversity, like diversity inclusion standards for like how, like diversity of crew uh, and people involved in the project in order for your film to be considered for an Academy Award. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah, it doesn't take place until 2024. What? Yeah. They're going to give people some time. I know, I know. It's like just... Fucking tell people to hire them now. Like, why are you waiting like four years? Like, that's going to make it any better. So anyway, weird. by 2024, there have to be a certain, you know, makeup. And and that's great. That's a good thing. We're not mocking that. You know, like, it's great. There should be. I We would like to think that you could just say, hey, hire women and people of color like on now? your set. You would think we could just say that, like, but we don't. We January can't. First. Exactly. Like, yeah. you can't just tell people that they should because they're not fucking going to. They obviously haven't in the last, you know, hundred years or whatever. So, or they did, they used to hire women. They didn't, hiring people of color has always been a problem for sure. Uh, but women, of course, used to be a lot more present in the film industry in the early days. And then they women began the film industry. It's true. Um, and, uh, but just talking about it isn't enough. So now they've set down these standards so that if you want to be considered for an Academy award, uh, you have to have standards now uh, that meet these standards, but that doesn't roll out until 2024. So, that's the thing that we're mocking is that it's taking them they're like giving you so long to comply with that anyway uh so andy sandberg says uh i guess this is his response to people complaining about the diversity standards he says the parameters if you look at them closely you can have the whitest cast in the history of cinema and still very easily meet them by doing just a few key roles behind the camera people who have problems with it can fuck off yeah, they can fuck off, but why would you ha- want the whitest cast? I know. So that part of it is a little weird. It's like, I th- I'm think i sure it's just one of those things when you're talking. Yeah, that part of it is a little weird. It's like, I-, I-, I like the part where he says that people, like, if he had just said people who have a problem with it can fuck off, I would have been yeah. like, yeah. But then yeah. the first part is like, mm. I guess what he's, I-, I didn't listen to the podcast, so maybe it's different the way that he says it. Uh, like in, it doesn't in con- look great. Context? Yeah, maybe it's better in context. I mean, yeah. I think... Uh, I think what he's trying to say is you can still be a, be a piece of crap about it and your movie will get in. You just need to add a f- you need to, you know, add a, a few different people on the crew, uh, which kind of makes me question the nature of these uh, diversity standards. Maybe they need to be a little higher if you can have a wh- the whitest cast in the history of cinema and, and still uh, meet the standards anyway. But the important thing is, I, I hope that we can take away from this is that he's saying that if you don't, if you're, if you have a problem with this, the, these new standards, then go fuck yourself. Uh, that's the part that I'm going to enjoy. And then the first part I'm going to feel a little awkward about personally. Sorry. I think the context was, he was also talking about Brooklyn nine, nine and the fact that there's actually a lot of diversity in that cast. And uh, his, uh, his take on that was that it wasn't difficult to do that because those actors are great and they really add something in the show. And so uh, it's not difficult to include different people and different types of people and, and, and be have diversity in your 
project, it's not difficult. There's great people out there, I think is kind of the context of where that came from. I think that the thing about the cast being white is some store stories, like historical stories, I guess, like there would be some type of thing with that. But like, yeah, if you're telling a, a, a modern day store story and you could cast anyone in mm-hmm. parts, like, yeah, be, yes, be diverse. I, I hope that we will see that reflected on screen. Uh, also, we know that that's a huge problem behind the camera. So I hope we'll see more uh, opportunities behind the camera as well. So hopefully yeah, for sure. in fucking 2024, whenever they decide to roll that out, hopefully we'll see some of that. Um, the other thing I wanted to pull from here is that also during that interview, he addresses uh, how Brooklyn Nine-Nine will address police brutality and systemic racism on the show. So he says, our country is going through a hard time. It's been going through this. We've been told that if uh, we've, we've been told if we wanted to listen, it's been happening. What the show is going to do is further that conversation. I do believe that our characters need to examine their roles in the world. They're going to be forced to look in the mirror and see who they're complicit with. We have a d- decent track record of addressing social issues. And uh, I, I'm thinking, of course, of that uh, episode they did with Terry, where t- Terry is uh, profiled by another police officer in his own neighborhood. I don't know if you remember that episode. But um, anyway, uh, so interesting. Uh, interested to see how that pans out. Uh, I know that uh, Andy is not the first person in the cast to mention that. Um other people have also mentioned that that's something that they're uh, looking to bring into the show uh, is to, you know, participate in that conversation. Anyway, that's all the Adam and Andy news that I have. Thank you. <laughs> should we talk about this week's movie? I think we should. Uh, so Hot Rod, 2007, uh, starring Andy Samberg. And a whole lot of other Fresh people. in the SNL world. I think yeah, he joined in 2006 a, or something. Just a little baby Andy Samberg. This was seemed like it was a, a Lonely Island joint. Yes. Uh, so like you said on the last show, this was a script that was... I didn't do any research uh, uh, for this episode because I have no journalistic integrity. But um, I believe you said on the last episode that this was written for Will Ferrell. Yes, it was. He didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. so they got onto the prop, prop project and reworked some stuff. Mm-hmm. And definitely you can see how I can see from, that from here. In there. Yeah. But also like looking at them now, like they've evolved so much. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Andy in this movie is not the same Andy who was in Palm Springs. He is like yeah. a different actor. I I have fuck up man that is so true. I was thinking that the whole time like he's just like a baby. Like they're all baby. babies like Yorma like Yorma oh I've only seen Yorma really in girls as yeah. um what god I I remembered his name when I was watching the movie. What is it? Booth Jonathan. Oh my god. I've really only seen him as Booth Jonathan, so and of course, and I've seen Booth? the sketches, yeah. And so to see him in this role was really strange. So yeah, Andy's acting is very different, especially if you Sketchy. even look at this and something like Celeste and Jesse. Like it's yeah. very different. Um, but 
So I guess let's just start before we get into it. Like, did you like this movie? I liked parts of it, but I did mm-hmm. not like this movie. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, I was not expecting that. It was idiotic. It was idiotic. But yeah. I I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. It was like a stupid, slapsticky, absurd comedy. And I but and I it had some really that's got Bill Hader in it, Dana McBride, like um, I really enjoyed Sissy parts. Basic is in this movie. Yes. She doesn't have a lot. Okay, to do, here's the she... thing. I re- really enjoyed certain parts. Like certain parts, I laughed out loud prolongedly. Mm-hmm. But lots of other parts, it, like it didn't work. Like the jokes mm-hmm. didn't work. Like it just it felt very amateurish. And you know, I I I definitely see that. Um, I I agree with you on that, and I think there's I I have a spin on what i have something that relates to that in my notes uh okay uh but yeah i i think that in a way it's a little bit like a very long sketch yes yes but with a little bit more depth but also it was played in a way that you would play a sketch yeah so i was telling my friend but you know uh, so is stepbrothers you know like stepbrothers is very absurd i fucking love stepbrothers I also I love uh, yeah, Step I, I don't like it because it is so the thing that I told my friend about this movie is um it feels like this is a full length movie with like 15 mi- 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 minutes worth of plot like yeah, I feel like it's they not, have like, but that's the thing is this is a this is a like a broad comedy yeah and broad comedies are not big on the plot they're big on the jokes and the plot is just getting you from joke to joke yeah, I do think there's a few. Th- Here's what I'll say. I I feel like this is a movie that was w- people at the beginning of their careers before they really found their voice. Yeah, and matured as writers, but it's yeah. still funny. And also, I think that if you look at it a little more more closely, there are some things in there that I think are are at a bit of a deeper level, but maybe not executed in the best way. Yeah. I think that some things are very funny. I loved it. I thought I enjoyed the shit out of it. I think that there are some things that are brilliant. Like I'll, we'll, we'll talk, 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 talk about it, but yeah, there are definitely some, some moments that I was just like, this is gold. But overall, overall, I didn't care for it. So it was not your cup of tea. No. I it was my cup of tea. I'd I I would brew this tea and I would watch it again. I feel like my kids would probably enjoy this movie. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe not yet. Oh, I guess not. I, there is a, Andy is in his underwear a lot in this movie, but also there's like so much vi- violence. There's oh yeah, so much that's true. I don't want Elliot attempting fighting. to jump jump a pool. Um, and like hit people. Oh my god, Sarah! Last night. I was watching The Mandalorian with the kids. Uh-huh. This is a total sidetrack. And there's this awful part where they put prisoners. Somebody puts pris- a prison like prisoners in these like electric cages. And one of them keeps bumping the cage and getting electrocuted. And, and you can see him in the background. And it's like really upsetting. But yeah. Lucas kept laughing like it was the funniest thing he's ever seen. And I was like, that is not funny. He's like, it is. It's hilarious. He's look at him. And I was like. Oh my god! It is not funny. Um, it's because anyway. it's not real to him. I know, I know. Anyway, uh, what's the first thing on your list, Sarah? The stepdad and the fights. The fights yeah. they have. He has with the stepdad. 
Yeah, I have that written down as daddy issues. So there's daddy a lot issues. of daddy issues in this movie. Mm-hmm. Man, you mm-hmm. are just digging deep right off the right from the right from the top. You're just yep. like you're digging deep. Uh, all right. So what do you want to say about uh, the stepdad? So I that is a common thing, you know the 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 ma- the masculine the two, the you know the mm-hmm. father and son kind of like mm-hmm. like being a. Gr- of tort 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 towards each other because the dad wants to like turn him into a strong man mm-hmm. so that was definitely what was happening in this case um mm-hmm. the fight the fighting was absurd which yes. i did enjoy it was very i mean it was ridiculous. they were like crashing through walls so uh those i hope everyone who's listening to this has watched uh hot rod but for those of you who haven't seen it uh andy sandberg's character rod is a amateur stuntman uh, and he lives with his brother, his half brother. It's I guess it's half, his half brother, half brother, half brother. Uh, and his what's his name? What is his name? Fuck! What is his name? It's Yorma. Yorma plays him. I don't y- remember Yor- his- Yorma. Yorma is so cute. I've had such a crush on Yorma in school. Oh my okay. gosh! We need to talk about Yorma. I I was like upset by his outfits because he looked like a toddler. I was like upset. I was like, he's wearing toddler pajamas, which I, I, there was something very unnerving about it. I was like, why are, why? Like, I, I know it's part of the comedy and, yeah. and I, and the character was meant to be like, I guess I, we didn't mean, I didn't mean to veer off to talk about Yorma, but here we are. Um, I think Yorma was great. And I think that the relationship between the brothers was great. I really liked their relationship. There was nothing competitive about them. I yeah. do think that Rod bossed him around a little bit, but yeah. he's the older brother, so that makes sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he's kind of charismatic, and and Yorma's character, which fucking, dorky. I don't... Huh? Dorky. He's dorky. He's like a film guy. Like, he was editing all the videos and Edgar. stuff. Yeah, he's dorky like me. Um. <laughs> But so I guess the comedy was they're like, let's put Yorma in ill-fitting clothes to make him look like a toddler. I feel like that was the idea. And I was yeah. just like. And its hair was also like a ta 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 toddler too. But I, I think I would have liked a little bit more. I know we had a lot of characters. And again, this is where I think the movie in if it had been written by them, maybe 10 years later would have where it would have been a little better is that I want I love their relationship. But I feel like Yorma's character was didn't have any like there was no. We didn't really get into like what his deal was. Like, why is he so devoted to Rod? His he's obviously got a special relationship with his dad, but like, how does he feel about his dad on the verge of death? Like, we never yeah, have there's no nothing idea. about that. He's obviously upset about it. They cut to him a couple of times, but there's like there's very little to go on about who that character is as a person. And I feel like that we could have gotten a little bit more about him. And then maybe it would have made sense why he was dressing like a toddler. Like maybe he's emotionally stunted. I don't know. Like obviously Rod is emotionally stunted, but he's emotionally stunted because in a way, because he, he's got this obsession with his dad who was this stuntman. Now we'll learn something new about his dad later, but for his, to his knowledge, his dad was this stuntman and he worked with evil Knievel. And so Rod aspires to be like him. And he's got this stepdad who, he has this complex relationship with who he wants to impress, who doesn't think that he's enough of a man. And there's a lot going on there. And I feel like you could have rolled in what was going on with Yorma's character as well. And that would have been a really interesting dynamic, but they just kind of didn't do anything with him other than make him an accessory to Rod, you know? Yeah. 
I feel like even Bill Hader's character had a little bit more depth, you know? Maybe not. I don't know. Just that one scene, which is also on my list. I, th- um, I think you you know the one. Oh, I do. So let's circle back. So anything else that you wanted to say about dad and the fights? I have some things I'd like to say as well. Uh, you No, go ahead. So here's where I think the movie has the spark of something that is deeper and that maybe is the kind of thing that we'll see in some of Andy's later work. Um, obviously, he didn't write Seven Days in Hell, but I think he had a lot to do with it. Uh, um, you can tell that he, that was an idea that they worked on together, right? Um, also, uh, obviously, Palm Springs, he didn't write that. But as a part of the producing team, I'm sure they had some influence on what happened there. Um, so you can see that they're, that his, that they're, that they're they're able to ta- tackle themes as a group. The Lonely Island is able to tackle themes in a way that maybe it was a little bit uh, more juvenile at this stage. Um, yeah. But I would say that the the dad and Rod's relationship to his stepdad is like the one thing that I think is a spark of some kind of depth, which is making fun of masculinity. To me, that whole arc was just making fun of the idea of the stepdad that won't approve of his stepson, the idea of what it takes to be a man and that you got, I got to fight you. We got to fight and you're going to be a man one day. I I didn't take any of that seriously. I feel like the movie was very self-aware about it and that they were intentionally making fun of that as, as a thing that happens in other movies. Yes. So, uh, and, Andy has said in interviews that he loves making fun of ma- 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 masculinity. That's one of the things that he loves to joke about and write about and stuff. And in all of his work, he has that aspect. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we can definitely see a a thread of that, at least in the things where he's involved in a, on a level as a producer. Like, I don't think uh, we see that as much in something like Celeste and Jesse, but I don't think he was in the trenches of production I think he was just acting in that uh Mm -hmm. not that there's just acting but I mean like he I don't think he had any he wasn't really there guiding the story in any way but yeah I think if you look at seven days in hell that's my boy um uh not that I want to bring that that should show into the discussion but um and uh even Palm Springs a little bit not really I don't know that mask I don't know that I guess there's a little well, yeah, bit faith, in there. Faith, faith, think about the guy he's stuck with. That's true. The guy who's always like trying to kill him and stuff. But yeah, masculinity is definitely something that they tackle in their other, in some of the other films that he's in. And I think this was like, and it's not just the dad, but also the boyfriend as well. Like Denise's boyfriend is a different kind of toxic masculinity. Will he's Arnett. like that rich, huh? Like Will, Will Arnett. Arnett's care. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that. So I think that that is the part of the movie that feels, um, and all the guys on the crew, but especially the stuff with the dad feels like a very pointed attempt at saying like a lot of these movies about, a you know, a, a sports movies, if you want to call this a sports movie, which it is in a way, um, it has the same formula, right? Um, you don't think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it's about something non-traditional, which is stunt work, there's almost there's something a bit like a sports movie about it. Um, and all of those kind of follow that formula of like, I'm trying to be a man. I'm trying to prove that I'm a man. And I think this really in 
even though it's a little clunky, I think it really does a good job of of, of poking fun at that. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it, poking fun at it. Like, I just, I feel like I've just seen it so much that I didn't, it didn't occur to me that they would be poking fun at that trope. But I think it's very obviously, I think it's intentional because of the level of how absurd it is and the fact that, you know, he's like, I'm going to fucking murder, like, I'm going to make sure that they fix your heart so I can fucking murder you. Like, it's so, (laughs) it's so extreme that i feel like yeah. it was a, a conscious effort to parody that trope in other movies of the okay. stepfather that won't accept well, you that makes me feel a little bit be- be- better i don't know yeah it was very clunk- clunky so it was so clunky that i couldn't tell that they were making anything intent intentional it felt like something that like, I mean, obviously, like, they had, like, actual ca- I mean, come on, ca- it cameras ends and with, stuff. It, it ends with him making his stepdad shit his pants. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's like, he does, like, some crazy Tai Chi move. At, I mean, it's, they, they they fight all over the lawn. I mean, it's so yeah. extreme. Like, they're, do, I feel like they're doing it on purpose. It's not, that it's, it's, it's intentional, I think. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things where the movie, like, really succeeded in pulling in something that's deeper than just like let's make watch this guy crash into stuff which this could have just been a movie where it's like let's have andy crash into things and and i know that it's not andy it's an actual stunt guy it's in fact i i know i don't want to jump around too much but the scene in the forest where they obviously okay there's a lot of parody here that works well that is like the best thing i've seen in like years like (laughs) The, the dance in the forest yes. followed by the longest fall of all time. I knew you would love the that part. best part of Where any he's movie I've seen. he's like doing I've like seen. gymnastics like on the log. Like he's doing like, what is that? It's like a, 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 a side horse or a horse. I don't know. Gym. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell at the beginning it has actually a- Andy doing the, the dance and then it like transition parts, parts of it yes parts yeah. of it but then it transitions to more uh, elaborate dance mm-hmm. and then it transitions to like acrobatic and then it transitions to gymnastics and then it yeah. transitions to a stunt person falling down mm-hmm. like the longest hill of all time like it just kept going and i was like I laughing know. my ass it was off. so good <laughs> but 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 the thing is again sarah there's a lot of parody here that i think is that if you look closely it's there and I don't think you have to look too close here, but the fact that they very clearly dim his face, like they make it so dark in the forest, it's like they're telling you, nudge, nudge, this is a movie about a stunt guy, and this is what happens when they put in a stunt double. You, They obscure the actor's face, you can't tell. It's it's it, That scene was, in a way, kind of stood out to me from the rest of the movie. Like, it felt a little bit different in tone. Like, instead of being... Uh, your traditional slapstick, like we're just going to have Andy's character crash into things. It felt almost um, more like ab- like absurdist. And I don't mean absurd, yeah. like it's ridiculous. I mean, literally absurdist. Like it felt like something more bizarre, like something you'd see in like Wet Hot American Summer. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I did yeah. love that scene a lot. I it was very funny. Loved it. I was like, I it was so hard not to te- text you. It was so hard not to text uh, everyone like i know just no, not to text everyone so and great. so we can all talk about the scene i hope that i know there are several people who've been waiting for us to do hot rod on the show oh. and i hope that they're listening 
And if you want to weigh in on your thoughts about your favorite scene from Hot Rod or your favorite quotable uh, from this movie, please do uh, reach out to us on social media um, at Adam Andy Pod on Twitter or at uh, at Adam and Andy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I would love to know what you guys' favorite scene is. But yeah, I think the scene in the woods was a highlight for me for sure. The highlight. Oh my gosh. There, there are some more high, 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 highlights too. So um, real quick though, before we get into anything else. So just to like, the plot is super simple. It's yeah. the opposite of last week when we were trying to like dig ourselves out of the, the plot of Logan Lucky. Yeah. Um, real simple plot. Uh, Rod is an uh, amateur stuntman. He obviously is uh, kind of stuck in his, he's like kind of, stuck in his maturity uh he's not uh not a real adult (laughs) not a real adult no um who is though anyway he's definitely not a real adult but he uh his father his stepfather who he has this tumultuous relationship with suddenly is ill um and no one has told him everyone else in the family disease yes he's got a movie disease he needs a heart transplant and the family can't afford it and so uh rod is going to raise the money to do the great uh, this great big jump that is one he's going to jump 15 buses 16 buses 15 15 buses which is one more bus than evil Knievel jumped mm-hmm. and uh he's going to use that to raise the money to save his stepfather so that he can kick his ass they need $50,000 yeah so that's the plot okay yes uh all right what's next on your list so he has friends. He has, he has oh the crew. We got to talk about the crew. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Um, he has Which Dan. I'm, I feel like a lot some... of people were wearing like wigs in this movie, wigs, but not Bill definitely. Hader. Will Hader. Bill is... Hader. That was Bill Hader's. That was a real Bill Hader mullet. No. I feel like. I promise you, no. that was a real Bill Hader mullet. I will. I will die on this hill. That was a. That was a. That was Bill Hader's hair. I. Pro- I feel like it really was. I feel it like it was so wiggish. He was wearing a hat a lot, but I, I feel like there was one scene where I was like, "Oh, that's that's like really his hair." Although I guess I don't know. They were all on Saturday Night Live at the time, so maybe he would have had to wear a wig. He had, although to they have breaks from Saturday Night Live. Uh, maybe he got, maybe it was a weave. Was they, Bill Hader wearing are, a weave? Tweeted us at Adam Andy and weaves that look really, really real. Tweeted us at Adam Andy Pod was Bill Hader wearing a weave in Hot Rod. We 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 need to know. Somebody please tell us. Nicole needs to know. I, know. I need to know. Sarah doesn't. Sarah's convinced it's a weave. So yeah. So Bill Hader is. So they all have jobs. They uh, do. Bill Hader's character is the mechanic. Okay. He's the mechanic. You're looking at me like you don't remember the scene where they explain all their jobs. I don't remember the scene. <laughs> I don't. I'm I'm like, ooh, what's his job? Ooh, I don't remember. Please tell um, me more. I know that Yorma is the the tech guy or no, he I have no idea. He's the manager slash videographer. Okay. So he manages the talent, Rod, and, and he videotapes everything. Danny and McBride. Danny McBride builds the ramps. Okay. That's his and job. And Isla Fisher, what's and then, uh, and then da- I would say Danny McBride builds the ramps and then occasionally rigs things to explode as well. He's also okay. the pyrotech guy, I guess. 
Uh, Isla Fisher. So, uh, well, let's let's put a pin in Denise for a second, um, and because I want to just talk about her separately. But so, any what anything to say about these guys? How do you feel about the crew? Um, I don't care for them. Uh, you don't like them, okay? I don't. I like your 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 your, your character. I don't really like Bill Hay Hayter's character except for mm. one scene. When, but when for the he, most, when he gets the piece of metal shrapnel stuck in his eye, <laughs> yes, and he like gets all zen and like is like, "Hey, can you just give me a ride to the hospital?" And He's like, like, "Just you know, it's just like a precaution." That, I knew that they were going to turn his face, and he was going to have like a big piece of metal sticking out of it. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. And then like he gets out calmly at the hospital and just like, you know, like looks in the w- the window and says something mm-hmm. like deep. I forget yeah. what he says. Well, we'll get we'll get there. That's yeah. more towards the end of the movie. Uh, I thought Bill Hader was funny. I enjoyed him. He seemed like a kind of a like a like a stupid guy who's just bumbling through life. And yeah. I feel like he played him really well. Um, he seemed like he was having a fun time playing him, so I enjoyed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. I just this the character I didn't love. Okay. Um, Any who, specific reason for that, or he he didn't seem fully developed. Like I, he wasn't, I think that's true. There's he was a lot of characters laid back that are not, and low yeah. key. Yeah, I think that was his character, laid back and low key. You know, that was pretty much all there was to him. I guess he had some okay. good lines though. I guess like I know what a great, hilarious comedic actor Bill Hader is, and I just didn't see any of the amazing kind of things that he can do. True, but also this wasn't his about him. This wasn't his yeah. movie. He was That's a true. character that was in the background, and I think that he did a good job of not stealing focus, That's which true. I think was That's important. Yeah, required, but still had. I mean, the character. Um, I really love the scene where I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I guess I feel like we're just bouncing all over this yeah. movie. Um, when Rod decides that he's not going to be a stuntman anymore mm-hmm. and Bill Hader walks up to him and is crying and you can't understand what he's saying. I just thought that was super funny and also just really sweet. Like how like their whole lives revolve around Rod, like Rod and his tricks, like their their whole lives revolve around him. I feel like Yorma could probably go get a job as a video editor or go to film school or something and be fine. But like Danny McBride and Bill Hader, like, and again, I'm sorry, I'm not using anyone's names. I don't fucking remember anyone's names. I'm so sorry. Yeah. uh, Confession. I had to ask Sarah to remind me what Andy Samberg's character's name was, even though the fucking movie is called hot rod. I forgot. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Bill Hader and Danny McBride, they have nothing going on except for being part of the crew. That's it. And so when Rod says he's not going to be a stuntman anymore and it's just like, like Bill Hader's just like crying on the sidewalk and he's just like, hey, and you're like, what? <laughs> uh, I just, I love funny. that scene where he's in the, um, R- R- Rod is, you know, he's like, I'm not going to be a stuntman anymore. And the way he does his hair, the way he like parts his hair. I know. He, and he wears, <laughs> so he wears funny. like dad's clothes. He wears dad yes. clothes. He's wearing like these ill-fitting cords. Um, what about Danny McBride? Is Danny maybe is Danny McBride not Bride just not a flavor you like? Because he was just he was playing Danny McBride's stock character. Like that's who Dan. I I can't think of a movie that I've seen with Danny McBride in it where he's not playing that guy. Like he's that guy every he? time. Like I know his name, but I don't. 
I don't know yeah, let's who see. he is. Pineapple Express. He's been uh, Eastbound and Down. He had a whole TV show where he played like a has-been baseball player who's basically that same character. Uh, Vice Principal uh, Principles or Vice Principles or whatever was another one that he was on. Uh, God, there was one recently that was filmed in Georgia that was on HBO about a like a, fa- a family of like evangelical preachers maybe it was called holy rollers or something anyway danny mcbride is is that's him that's that's what he plays all the time um so if you don't like that flavor then you might just not like his what he has it's to not that i didn't like it it's that i didn't see it like i mean he's not he likable just, like his character was is not like so in the background like okay. just i didn't even pay attention to him at all i mean i thought that his where where he fit in seemed like it like i feel like what he brought to it that danny mcbrideness that he always has fit here which was he's the sort of he's the guy who follows somebody else like he's obviously following whatever rod says but he's also very aggressive and kind of a wild card like he'll rig up your ramp with explosives for no reason mm-hmm. um also i think that the his character like all you need to know about him is basically in that scene where they're all dancing outside of the gas station and he just yeah. keeps shoving Yorma into the van for fun. Yeah. He's a bully. He's kind of a bully. He's a big dumb bully and he's and and he has fun blowing shit up and that's what he does. And I I I don't know. I thought he was funny. But I like I I don't always love Danny McBride's shtick. Like I had a little trouble getting through Eastbound and Down because he's just so unlikable at times. Um and that's just like his thing. And that's uh, and that's his type of comedy. And a lot of times it's very funny. And other times it's like too makes me so uncomfortable that I'm not enjoying myself. But in this movie, I really liked him a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I liked I, the crew. I guess it's because I know Bill Hader. I know your, your I mean, I don't know them, but I and a, you know, a, your Andy buddies, Samberg and I, your Fisher, like I like I know I've seen them in a lot of things and I just haven't seen Dan- Danny McBride in anything. So I was just yeah, not paying attention to him. So I, I don't it. even I don't even know what his character was doing. So I'm sorry. No, it's OK. You don't have to like this movie, Sarah. It is not required that you like every movie we watch. We're here to speak honestly about what we saw. And I, I liked it in certain parts. Yeah, you like certain parts and that's OK. Um, uh, I would like to talk about um, I would like to talk about Denise. OK, so Denise played by uh, Isla Fisher. I- uh Isla. Isla Fisher, sorry. Um, adorable. Cute. Not much depth to the character. No. Uh and there wasn't to the to the um to the guys either. Um, so I guess it's you know I liked her. I definitely feel like this was a this part of the movie was the weaker part of the writing to me. Mm-hmm. where they were like we need rod to have a love interest yeah. and we're not going to talk too much about how they know each other they obviously they were neighbors they grew, grew up to get 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 other there's no reason why I, I don't understand why she becomes part of their crew i know later she says it's because you do you live authentically or whatever it was she says but i don't understand why she i mean i guess I guess I don't understand what attracts her to Rod um, other than the fact that it seems like her type is she's attracted to morons. 
Yeah. But also Andy is so we haven't talked about this yet, but he is so cute. Like he's when, I would venture to say he's beautiful in this movie. He looks beautiful. beautiful. Like his oh, I, his thank hair God. is a little fluffy. No, but I love I, the fluffy hair. Oh my god. But gosh. I kinda liked it. His The guy I had a crush on in high school had that same hairstyle with it's the a fluffy. very early two thousands do. Um yes. he is like he's beautiful in this movie like that's the only way beautiful. i can describe it like his physically bo- beautiful. Bo- body his face his body looks great we got to hold on to this for the thirst okay. but yes i just wanted to put it out there that andy looks beautiful in this movie and he's still very funny like obviously but yeah. like he is like he's like his attractiveness level is well beyond the other people around him in this movie aside from denise yes like even Bill Hader, who I find in Barry to be very hot. Yes. Bill Hader's like a goofy guy in this movie. Danny McBride, obviously. Uh, Yorma's Yorma. adorable. I mean, Yorma, Yorma looks like a toddler, Sarah. He he's does, wearing he's adorable, clothes. but I know he's an adult. He looks like a toddler. Don't make me bring up Timothy Chalamet. Don't you, don't you <laughs> do this to me on this show, of all shows. <laughs> I find him hot and I'm allowed to. He is an adult. He's an adult, yes. He's so an adult is your Yorma. Yorma is an adult, but I don't I'm not sexually attracted to Yorma. I just find him ador- adorable like a kid. Sure. He was very good in this movie. But yeah, um Andy is um like he was distractingly a, he was distractingly attractive. Sexy. Yes, he was like I mean, he, this was like hot. Some, this was hot, like some hot. some peak thirst for me in this movie. Whew, I'm so glad that you agree because like yes. I was worried you would be like he looks too young or no are you ta- you're talking to the person who is waiting for Dune to come out so I can thirst after Tim- Timothy Chalamet and you think that I think Andy Samberg looks too young in this movie first of all we're the same age so I can like him all I want retroactively in 2007 <laughs> besides he's like a fully adult man in this movie I know. Oh, he's so hot. Oh, okay. he had his shirt Ooh. off so many times in this movie. Okay, let's Ooh. move on. We'll talk. We'll get to the thirst. Uh, but yeah, Denise. Uh, you know, again, I think this was kind of, and most a lot of movies are like this. Uh, the women story is a little. What is she there for? I don't know. She's there to give Rod something beyond racing to like, or not racing, but stunt something to make him grow a little bit. She's a, she's yeah. a plot device. Someone to kiss at the end. Someone to kiss at the end. And she was very good in the movie. Yes. Uh, it's I, adorable. I I think she's a, a really good a- a- actress. She's always cast in these like cutesy roles. Um, but she's also very funny. And she is. I wish they had given her some more comedic bits. Like yeah. when he when she gives a mouth to mouth and he barfs on her, that was funny. Yeah. He, there's Her a lot reaction. of reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wanted like, some I'm more. I'm just going to go wash the barf off. Like, yeah. So she, funny. she, I wish they'd given her some more comedic bits because she is a comedic actress as well. Yeah. And in this movie, she was really like, I'm glad they put a comedic actress it, like in the love interest role. Cause I, yeah. as you may recall from Celeste and Jesse forever, I complained about uh, Andy Samberg's not Celeste, but the other love interest yeah. and how she was kind of boring and cardboard and milk toast. And so them putting somebody who's funny and charming in this role of the love interest was good, but I do wish she had had a little bit more something going on, you know? Yeah. Other than yeah, just like, I'm, I'm here to kiss him at the end. 
Yeah, and she's very sweet. And um, but I don't know why she's with that guy. What what will why is she with the Willarnet? They yeah, exactly. I don't know why. Other than uh, her type is just idiots. But maybe. also, like he behaves exactly that way the whole film, and then at mm-hmm. the end when he behaves the exact same way he's been behaving the entire film, all of a sudden she's like, oh, he's a dick. Like, but he—it's not—he's not extra dick in that scene. He's no, just always he's the, the dick. same. I guess it was that she was suddenly like, "I want to be with my the crew." I think that was the motivation: yeah. is that I'm leaving you because I want to be with this other group. But I feel like I wish there had been something more, something bigger that was like a catalyst for that. I mean, he's literally Will Arnett is. I mean, look, he's Will Arnett at his most Will Arnetty in this movie. Yeah, being a dick being dickish being self-centered uh being the the uh, the prototype alpha male moron of a, a moron a toxic masculine moron. toxic moron <laughs> a toxic moron that's like his cup of tea right yeah um and in the when they go on the double date which i was like oh god the minute he hit on the cat the ca- the the food truck girl to go on this double date i was like this is a terrible idea um will arnett's character john i think see i do remember some of the names john is hitting on other women at the counter at the diner while denise is sitting right there and yet that doesn't bother her yeah like at all it doesn't seem to anyway yeah and the way he treats rod and yeah i will say that the part where he's like, babe, no, babe, no, babe, babe. That went like, on too does- long for me. I, I got oh, tired of that joke real quick. I loved quick. it. I thought I it was lo- funny at first. And then I was like, yeah, okay. So you guys are going to. Sometimes people th- let jokes go and they're like, the longer we do it, the funnier it is. And sometimes I'm like, but no, it was funny. And then you went on too long. I liked it. That's I liked okay. every babe. No, I was like <laughs> my second favorite part of the film oh okay i think this brings me to something that i think circles back to what you said was that the movie feels a little amateurish Mm -hmm. and feels a bit like a sketch i was one of the things i wrote down was even and i understand this is a broad comedy i get it i but i do wish that some of it was a little more grounded because I think it still would have, been, I think it would have been funnier if some of it was more grounded. Not the stunts, but the way, like, I'm thinking specifically of the scene where he's looking at the picture of his dad and he starts crying. And then Yorma comes in and he's like, get out. Like, if that had been played se- more seriously, yeah. I think it would have been still funny. And I think this is how you can see where Andy has evolved as an actor because that scene. Like that type of like he plays a very over the top character in Seven Days in Hell, but there's a lot of like like when he's in in Seven Days in Hell when he's in the underwear store and he's being asked if he misses tennis, he looks genuinely sad. Like it's it feels authentic. He feels authentically sad, and yet that's funny. And so I think that um, yeah, this think- is his sketch stuff coming out that go away yeah it's very sketchy it's very and i don't mean sketchy like it's creepy i mean it's literally like a sketch and i think that some of it could have been more like i think the way that he's very 
grounded in the, at the end when, and I did really like the scene between him and Denise when he's doing the big jump and Denise shows up and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is dangerous and I could die. Like, that was so yeah. real. Yeah. And I really felt something for him in that moment. Um, And it made him, it made that excruciating tumble all the, the more rewarding because he had that vulnerability right before he did it. Yeah, and that jump where he's just flying and then you he's flying his off of his up. bike. <laughs> and Yorma's like Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I think that the the that there were a couple moments in this movie where I wanted to see a little bit more um grounding it in reality and that would have made it I think funnier. And cuz there were just moments where it just felt like we're this we're playing this joke as hard as we can and i'm like you guys don't need to work that hard it's already funny all of you are very funny just pull back just pull back on it a little bit it's still funny when you do it but not quite so hard relax yeah anyway uh what else you got on your list um so when the so They put together a video mm-hmm. of uh, Rod doing stunts, and so your 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 Yorma's character cuts together mm-hmm. like this thing, and then they take it to a theater. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why they fill this gigantic theater with people I to was, watch. As, as a filmmaker, I was also feeling a little skeptical about that. I was like, that to rent that whole theater would have cost them. Uh, at least a thousand dollars, maybe two thousand dollars to rent that whole yeah. theater. Yeah. When, on what I assume is a Saturday night, I didn't look at the flyer. And it's like a short f- video, and like, and why is everyone there? Like, how do they get everyone to go? Like, I wasn't bothered by that, but I, but in my mind, I was like, they just spent a bunch of their money to rent this theater, and he's like, we made a thousand dollars, and I'm like, great, you probably would have spent that much just renting the theater, but um, yeah, it doesn't matter because they lose it all because Rod chucks the projector out the window yeah i'm glad there were consequences for that yeah i mean he wasn't arrested no but but the police did show up and he did they did lose all their money but yeah so they so yorma cuts together uh this footage and they play it i thought this scene was really interesting because i i I understand in the movie where it fits contextually but also I understand as a person who makes stuff um, that your your audience doesn't always receive what you make in the way that you want them to. And so what happens is Yorma cuts this video together of highlights of all of Rod's stunts because he's been doing stunts for money to raise money to buy the buses to raise the money anyway. Um, and when they play the footage, everyone in the theater loves it but they think it's funny. They're yeah. laughing and it yeah. makes Rod feel embarrassed because he wants to be a tough guy, I guess. Yeah. And so he's not able to appreciate that he's entertaining people in the way that they are responding to his p- performance, I guess mm-hmm. they're, they're laughing at him and he doesn't like it. Yeah. Um. So I thought this scene was really interesting because I understand that they needed to knock him down a peg and that they needed to get us to the point where he was going to give up for a while. But I also just thought it was really interesting, the idea that you 
you put if you, you fill a theater, you get a bunch of people in there, and you're looking forward to them just fully embracing the, your work, and they take it the wrong way, and it makes you feel like shit. And I, I just thought yeah. that was really interesting because that's something yeah. I'm sure all of them. Because we didn't talk about this, but the Lonely Island. So Yorma and Andy are in it, but Akiva also Akiva directed it. Directed it, yeah. So and he had a, a them, cameo. Did you? Oh, see? Oh, I didn't notice. Had- Where was he? Oh God, um, he was in either a dream or like he was playing a weird guy. This is something I wrote down that he was he had a cameo, but I forget mm-hmm. the the con- context of the cameo. Oh, I wish that that you knew because I was hoping you would know. I did. Um, I, I I honestly missed it. Well, you know what? Maybe we can play it up. Just yeah, the weird guy. I was like Sarah. That describes like sixty <laughs> percent of the characters. Well, he's in this like movie. like he's being all like extra it's like a dance or like a like a oh god what is it hold on wow i don't know anyway um yeah so i thought that movie theater scene was really interesting and of course uh, while you're looking this up i'll just say that that kind of leads us to the point where uh rod has a little fight with yorma again sorry that i don't remember his character's name um and he basically blames him for cutting the footage together was it Jeff? Maybe Jeff is the name of his of Yorma's character. Anyway, um, so he goes home, and by the way, I just want you to know that I totally called this. Like, you remember the scene where um, Rod tells Denise all about his dad, which I also thought was a really funny scene where he's like, "Yeah, so he like jumped the buses, <laughs> and his handlebars exploded." And, and he's like, it's this very graphic description of how his face like blew off yes. <laughs> and like blew out the back of his head. And I thought that was very funny. Um, but uh, the as he's telling her the story of like what happened to his dad, I turned to Chris and I was like, he he his mother lied to him. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, that's not his dad's not a stuntman. I promise you, like, watch. We're going to find out that his mother lied about his dad being a stunt man and he's going to find out and he's going to get really upset about it. So yeah. I totally saw that coming. Chris was like, oh, well, maybe it's a story he's making up. And I was like, no, he definitely believes that his dad died that way. But we're going to find out that that's not how he actually died. I and can't... It... Hmm? Sorry, go on. No, did you find the cameo? No, I can't find anyone describing the can't. Can... Well, did you yeah. look in the IMDb trivia page? Because I, usually they'll, they'll yeah. put down cameos. Um, so... Uh, Rod comes home and his mother confesses to him that his dad is not was not a stuntman. Uh, he was actually a cashier at a was it a sporting goods store or do you remember was it a shoe store tire store? His dad was a cashier at a tire store. Yes, and he and he died. He ate too much pie. He, he died in a- on pie. Pie eating eating contest. contest. Yeah, which I thought was funny because the pie eating contest is also its own version of stupid. Like being a being a stunt man who jumps buses is kind of stupid, but so is eating pie. Like so is pie eating competition. So in a way, like his dad and him share that sort of weird hobby that's also kind of stupid. So Akiva's hold on. Akiva's mom Mm -hmm. makes a cameo. I. But I know Akiva made a cameo too. I saw him. Okay, well, if you if you figure it out, let me know, and we'll we'll tweet it out. 
Uh, or maybe somebody on the, maybe somebody out in the internet knows. If please, somebody tweeted us. Please tweet please. us. I know there, uh, there is, there are accounts on that uh, we follow on Twitter that are a Lonely Island fan accounts. So if anybody knows if, if and where Akiva cameoed in Hot Rod, please tweet at us where at Adam the Andy fuck Pod. Did Akiva cameo? At Please. Adam Andy Pod, please tell Sarah us. Sarah will not be able to sleep until you tweet tweet at us. Sarah will be awake all night. You all could just you could just month. Re- you could just review the tape, maybe. <laughs> you just watch I have Hot to Rod rewatch again. it. <gasps> watch the whole thing again. Um. All right. I I think uh, I think it's I think it's about time to sort of come to the end here. Are you ready to first? Sort of- one more thing. One cool more beans. thing. Okay. Cool beans. Cool. I did enjoy that scene. Cool beans. That was another weird thing that reminded me of uh, something that you would see in Wet Hot American Summer, but also it reminded me of something you'd see in like a Lonely Island short. Okay, here's the thing. After that, I realized what that little thing did. It wasn't just dumb and stupid and like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck is that? It really, it like brought their characters closer together and gave them like this little inside jokey kind of like camaraderie like yeah. it really it really communicated something important about their characters and the point of the story like even mm-hmm. though it was weird on the, the surface cool, we're like, talking about the cool beans music montage the cool beans yes the cool and, beans remix and i loved it and i was like i wish that more movies did stuff like this that like seems like out of place but like that actually and, does like a com- non-sequitur com- communicate things about the characters that you you couldn't get from like a few words i wish there had been more moments like this between those two characters in the movie too yeah and this definitely reminds me of my relationship with my brother like we bond on our sense of humor like we have really Mm -hmm. weird senses of humor like i will walk by his desk when he's working and she'll be like "Eh," and he'll be like eh and like, and then we cut a just... montage together of that. <laughs> um, and we just like make weird sounds and make weird faces. And I like I poke him, and like he pokes me, and like that's just, you know, that's just a sibling thing. And so I really liked this little thing that they did with the cool beans. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, shall we talk about the end? The big yes. jump. The big jump. The big jump. So, uh, so basically. Um, after the cool beans, when they decide to, uh, I can't, what, I can't remember what is the catalyst for him deciding to go back to, uh, being a stunt man. Um, it's, I just watched this movie like literally two hours ago, but, uh, I do know that, uh, Yorma has made a, uh, some kind of connection with a local AM radio station, which, by the way, I didn't immediately think about the implications of a radio station broadcasting a stunt, which is a very visual thing. But once it did hit me, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Of course, they're broadcasting on the radio something that only is interesting visually. Yes. And Chris um, which Parnell. Which I thought was very clever. Chris Parnell was so fu- funny as that that uh, guy with the, with the tattoo... 
The tattoo of the of the guy of the Calvin peeing on the radio, the FM radio, uh, FM radio, television. and the TV, and he's like, and, and then screens. he goes on for way too long about it. He's like, I'd like to think that he just had sex, and there's you know some residue, and it split, and then they're all just standing there, um, and and they're like, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Oh, also, we didn't even talk about the riot again. A very weird, out of out there moment that I thought was really funny. Um, and it's like, there are like sparks of something that's d- different than your usual slapstick movie yeah. that were, uh, in there. And yeah. so when they're like walking to, okay, so let me back this up. So the AM radio is going to sponsor the jump. They're going to pay for everything. They build this huge ramp. They put all the buses up. Somebody, somebody buys, uh, Andy of, 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 of a leather suit to wear. <laughs> I guess the guys on the crew, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, I, oh, so when they're on their way there, they're having this like big emotional, like the whole neighborhood is like A gathering walk. behind them. Like everybody, all the crew, everybody's coming together. They're all walking, I guess, walking to the jump. I don't know why they're walking, but they're walking there. And then everyone in the town kind of follows behind and it's this big like, you know, song. Everybody's singing. And then they break out into a riot and for some reason. No, just one guy breaks a window, and then they but just then everyone, they riot. Yeah, it's almost and, like you can't get a you can't get a uh, you know you can't get a bunch of people together without something getting destroyed. It did you notice like. the da- 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 Danny McBride stole the TV? That was the oh, one thing that I no- no- noticed. Hundred percent. Like they're all standing around, going like, "I'm like tra- traumatized," or like they're like, Which really I thought upset. was very funny. They're like, "That was yeah. awful." Like I'm so yeah. upset, and he's standing there holding. That was a, actually one of my favorite yeah. jokes. Is that yeah. he's holding the TV, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like I mean, why can't people just be cool? Like, why do people have to go and like take things that don't belong to them?" And he's like holding yeah. the TV. <laughs> that was very funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, so, uh, Denise shows up, gives him a big old smooch. I thought the kiss was funny because at first I was like, oh, so they're just going to do the weird kiss. And I was like, all right, I've seen that before. But the fact that he then pulls away and is like, I didn't like that because your mouth was all open. Like that (laughs) made the joke funny, you know? And she was like, oh, like, I was like, isn't that the point? Like, what? I also didn't I, but like. But again, like, I wanted them to give her more funny bits like that because that yeah. was funny and I wanted her to get more bits anyway. I also like imagining kissing that mustache, like that fake mustache. I know. We didn't talk about the mustache. Did you know that? Did you notice that the mustache was like twice as big in the last scene as it was the rest of the movie? <laughs> um. <sighs> Like the kit, the kiss. I was expecting them to like, like she just get a mouthful of mustache. No, but it was so awkward, and then I was expecting him to be like, wait, and just like rip the mustache off, and then have like a real oh, no. kiss. He needs the mustache. It was, no. It's part of the whole no. thing. The sec, but the but then the second time when they leaned in, that was hot. Yeah, like the first one was like gross, and then the second at the end. Try- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was okay. Pin. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll put a pin, pin in that. Um, and then he does the jump and almost dies. <laughs> yes. But manages to get up and uh, they raise the money I and walk the whole up to thing, the top everything gets tied exactly up in a bow. Thousand dollars. The and mm-hmm. I love Chris Reynolds' joke. The the conveniently priced surgery. Yeah, the conveniently priced surgery. Yeah. Um, and then everything ends up uh, perfectly in the end. He gets his. They get the money. 
They save the they save the stepdad, which by the, the way, the fact that it was played by Ian McShane, like, can we talk about how they got Ian again? This is like in in that's my boy, where they got like Susan Sarandon and like James Caan to be in those movies. It's like, how did they get these actors? How did you get Ian McShane? Sissy Spacek. And Sissy Spacek to be in this movie. But they were great. And um and uh so he he gets the surgery and he gets well enough. And then, um, and then Rod kicks his ass and makes, makes him shit poop. himself. Yeah. Oh, and, we didn't talk about the scene man. where they're doing Tai Chi, but again, another good, like they gave her a couple of good bits. I wish they gave her more, but when Denise does the, oh, yes. the thing that makes him shit his pants, yes. that was very That's funny. Hilarious. Where he's like, he's like he's I'm like, just going to go. Like, I'm just going to go. Uh, she, I, she's like, you asked work. for it. You asked for it. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm leaving for totally unrelated reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like, it didn't work. He's like, it didn't hobbling. Work. Yeah. He's like, hobbling back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was cute. That was good. That was funny. Um, they had good chemistry, I thought. They did. Yeah. Yeah. She has chemistry with everyone. She's just so cute. Well, so does he, honestly, like for the most part. I mean, I don't think he had a lot of chemistry with the chick in That's My Boy, but I don't don't know that they were supposed to. In Palm Springs, you didn't think they had chemistry? His girlfriend. Oh, yeah. But they they weren't supposed supposed to have chemistry. chemistry. Yeah, Yeah. no, that would have been, yeah, that would not have been something you want. Uh, Final thoughts on uh, Hot Rod. Um, loved parts of it, hated parts of it altogether. Not a terrible film, but I think. Would you watch it again? Not. I think I would just for those. Uh, those cool just so parts. you can find out where Akiva cameos, so you can yes, get some rest. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So enjoyed parts of it, but but overall, not your favorite. Of yeah. the of the uh, but I love table. the Lonely Island. I love the three of them. Mm-hmm. I worship the ground they walk 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 on. Like I am a big fan. Um, mm-hmm. and they were just ba- babies. They were just little babies, just little comedy babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed this movie. I would definitely watch it again. It was. I think it would get funnier the more times you watch it. Probably, yeah. Um. God, we didn't even talk about this, but when they hold his head under the water in the pool, that was so upsetting. I was so upset. I was like, oh, he's drowning. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, again, I think that it is, I think you can see now that we've had the privilege to, and we haven't even gotten to all of his movies yet, but now that we've had the privilege to kind of take a broad, like a broad brush and look at multiple things that he's been in, I think you can really see how um I'd, i'm interested to compare this to like when we do the lonely island shorts and we look at a selection of those i'm I'd, i'm interested to see like how in what way we can kind of compare those together to each other um yeah. but i think you can kind of see the way that their work has developed over time yeah. and um and how this had a, like some like some really good stuff that maybe could have been a little bit more nuanced and complex um, and that later on down the line, we get more nuance and complexity, uh, not just in the writing, but also in Andy's acting as a comedic actor. And uh, but overall, I thought this movie was really funny and uh, has a really great cast. And I would definitely watch it again. 
So moments of thirst. Moments of thirst. Moments of thirst. Who went first last week? I can't remember. I don't know, but I'd like to go. Oh, you are ready. I wrote down like six things. Oh, wow. But I'll try to narrow it down to three. My first thing is just the uh, opening and the first few scenes where he's doing bike tricks. Yeah, I like just that like too. all the bike tricks. The bike um, tricks, I thought yeah. Was really, his butt hot. looks good in those overalls. I didn't, I didn't see his butt in the o. o- How can o- you not? O- when he's like bent over that bike, you weren't checking out his butt the whole time. I was. Huh? No, I guess not. I liked his face. He's got a peachy little his butt. hair. Yeah, his wow. face is beautiful. Like he looks like. He looks like that guy that I would have had a crush on in high school when I was in theater and like maybe we'd make back make out backstage a couple of times, but then like nothing would really come of it. And then he'd start dating like cute little tiny girls who are dancers and all and ingenues. And then maybe we'd hook up a couple of times like when we were in between people, but nothing would like serious would really come of it. Who are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like dying. Nothing. Uh, no, he was beautiful and uh, and charming as usual. And um, he was just so pretty, Sarah. He was I just know. so pretty in this movie. Guys. It's my moments of thirst, Nicole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, please continue. I'm so sorry. Two. I didn't mean to step on your thirst. The dancing in the forest. The parts mm-hmm. that were him. He did do some... Yeah, it no, was some the, of it was the him, yeah. opening dance where he was doing like a routine, like an, a routine that he I'm could not do. I'm convinced that that was all him because some of those steps looked pretty complicated. Like I saw his face. There were Did some. You, it was in shadow, though. I have to watch this again then because yeah, like, I'm not entirely sure that worn. that was. I feel like once they pulled out to the wide shot and he the... started doing the footwork, I feel like that was a different actor. I think. I mean, he was in like a jumpsuit and they could just put a wig on him. I, I mean, you know. I, I would I, love for Andy to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I mean, we did see him dance the, in Palm Springs. He's got some moves. He can do some things. I fully mm-hmm. believe he can do some things. Um, and then the third moment of thirst, besides the kiss at the end, that's the hot kiss, is when he gets mad at his dad not being a stunt Wait, person. So you just blew over one of those moments. You what the hot kiss was one of your moments. You just like blew no, right past that. No, no, no. Besides, okay. I'm no, no, no. Just, okay. I'm saying if I have to pick three, okay. the third gotcha. one gotcha. is when he rips up the mu- the mu- mustache when he like you rip you. Fe- that was one of your moments of thirst. The mustache, really the tiny bits. Anger at the mustache. Just the the, the tiny anger, the little just, okay. The de- the detailed anger the detailed anger i like it so you, a little so a little a mustache aggression you were getting a little just a little uh, it was little, cute it was cute yeah. it was adorable you like the cute stuff i like the cute stuff Which yeah it's totally great i love that okay is that so is that it yeah. okay um okay i've realized that i can probably consolidate some of these because three of them are just different scenes where he's wearing a tank top <laughs> so uh, so I guess my first that I would say moments of thirst is just generally appreciation for all the times we got to see his torso in a tank top. Um, I, I, I like even when he's wearing that ridiculous Hulkamania tank top, like his just like his chest and his arms and like he was just like really in in good shape in this movie. 
Um, not that he isn't, I think he's in great shape in Palm Springs as well, but like, he's got just like, he just looks so good. Um, I, and I know that, so there's that scene where he's doing the Tai Chi. Yeah. And the weird old man like rubs him down with oil. And I know that's not supposed to be hot, but I I can't help myself. There was the oil. Yeah. The oil was nice. Um, also I've got to give. I've just realized looking at this, this is primarily just things he wore, Sarah. <laughs> I also have to give props to those gray sweatpants. Um, I feel like they didn't really let us see it from the front very much because we they, they knew we couldn't handle it. They knew we couldn't handle the sweatpants from the front. So we so either he was wearing this absurd wrestling thing over the sweatpants or we only got to see his him from the back. But the gray sweatpants uh i'm gonna have to give a thumbs up to those and then i guess also again i know this outfit was meant to be absurd but they just couldn't contain his hotness when he's wearing the wetsuit when he gets into the pool and they're doing like the thing where they drown him the drowning was not sexy uh but him wearing the wetsuit and like just the way it just like clung to his body and i know it looked stupid but the wetsuit, him wearing the wetsuit was just like, and the, his hair, the whole thing. He was just so pretty, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Who gave him the right to be this pretty in this movie? I don't know. But when when he was, when he first was on SNL, I remember I really liked his hair. I thought he was really, um, his per- personality na- na- mm-hmm. na- 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 was cute, but I didn't like his face. I thought his face oh. was too weird. Ooh. Like, I liked the... Mm-hmm. pretty boys like mm-hmm. the like model pretty so like, pr- you, you pr- pretty like boys. conventional I f- yes now not so yeah. much but yeah. yeah i think he looks beautiful his face I do. his body everything he yeah. looks beautiful in this movie i did also sidebar not a moment of thirst but i thought that when they the care do that they gave him in his afterlife where he's watching the taco and the grilled cheese fight was really funny it was almost like the same hairdo you saw in Greece, remember in mm-hmm. the movie Greece, where Frankie Valley is like, and like she's in the beauty school dropout. It almost reminded yeah. me of that, like this weird like seventies. Yeah. I think Akiva Aki, is in that. He's is I think he he's, because I think he's in that. Well, then we didn't see his face because the hot dog and the grilled cheese oh. are just fighting, and they're in su- suits. Isn't there someone else in there? No, I don't think so. It's just the hot dog. No, I'm sorry, not the hot dog. The taco and the grilled cheese. Oh, no, it's peanut butter and jelly because it leaks jelly when it gets killed by the Okay. Taco. I'm still dying to know where Akiva is. I know I know, I saw him. Well, you're going to have um, to watch it again and let us know. Unless one of uh, our listeners out there can tweet at us, at AdamandyPod, did Akiva make a cameo in Hot Rod? Please help us out. Sarah will not rest until she finds I out. I know what his face looks like. I know it. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's my moments of thirst. Uh, I feel like this movie was like in the way that palm springs is peak andy sandberg thirst i feel like this movie was also peak andy sandberg thirst peak for me. peak, peak andy thirst peak thirst as you would imagine i'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom but i can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy would you like to do admirate andy i would like nothing more than okay, to cool. do Adam and Andy, Adam or Andy, a trivia contest for one. Uh, Sarah's gonna. I actually, I don't want to quantify it. So tell us, what are the rules today? Is it the usual? 
It's the usual two facts. Two facts. So Sarah's going to give me some trivia and I have to guess whether it's Adam or Andy that she's talking about. Spent seven days in a Jesuit retreat in Wales and didn't speak the entire time there per their rules. Oh, that sounds like something Adam Driver would do. Absolutely. Has a bus license. Oh, now I'm confused. Because they can't both be Adam, but I know Adam has a bus license because he had to get one for Patterson. Nicole, this is not fair because you know everything about Adam. Like you, I don't. I don't. But I do. But I don't. I. But you, you do. just heard Every, me. Everything. Thought- everything that I bring that is an a- Adam fact. You I know. I don't know everything. I'm sure there's stuff that I don't know. Um. I. I well, I do, but I you could definitely stump me about Andy because did Andy not speak? Well, how many days? Seven. He did. He did. He really do that? Was that Andy? Okay, Nicole. Well, it has to be because Adam has a bus license. Look, I I I know he he had to get a bus license because when they shot Patterson, he's driving the bus and all the shots, and they wouldn't let him drive the bus unless he had the license. And he got he got the license just. As shooting began, like he almost didn't get the license in time, but he got the license just so that he could drive the bus for Patterson, which is a movie that I think you'll really enjoy, by the way. It's a trick question. They're both a- 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 Adam. Thank <gasps> you for. Um... Oh, you got me, Sarah. You got I didn't me. get you. Yes, you, did. you, knew, you knew they were you knew both of them. Well, only because it totally sounds like something Adam would do to probably for a role. Like I know nothing about a- a- Adam. Like everything I see about him, I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. But you know everything about him. I can't. But I didn't know that first. Anything. I didn't know that first fact. But you said that sounds like a. a-, a- I just guessed, Adam. and it and doesn't it sound like something you would do? It doesn't sound yes. like something Adam would. A- Andy I didn't would do. I didn't why include is, this. Why would Andy be silent for seven days? I didn't include this, but it's a re, 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 research for a role. So it was not just for fun. It was, he was oh, re- yeah, researching no. a role. Well, he was in a movie with, uh, he was in a Martin Scorsese movie where he played like a Jesuit priest. So yes, that sounds was, like something that yeah. he would do, which that I'm kind of dreading wanting, watching that movie, to be honest, Sarah. I feel Why? like that might be the movie Silence. Have you seen any clips of it? No. I feel like, and I'm just guessing because I haven't seen the movie. It's quite possible that might be the only movie that I ever watch with Adam Driver in it that does not make me thirsty. Okay. Priests don't do it for you. Jesuit priests. I'm just, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he, he does. He looks, uh, he looks unwell in that movie. I'll just say that. Uh, Sarah, don't doubt your amazing, trivia because i love this game and i look forward to it every time we record this show so please keep bringing in trivia because you are you're teaching i feel like you're teaching me and i feel like we're educating the public oh you look awesome come the fuck upstairs <laughs> okay but wait i have to worry about something what if you come up here i'm gonna tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days i'm just in that kind of mood uh sarah are you ready to spin the wheel let's do it okay all right what's so- on the wheel Let's, uh, okay, well, okay, so before I, before we get to the wheel, I'll just, let me just say, I did a little something different this week, um, because I, I'm used to, I'm feeling a little sad this, this, this holiday season, because usually in December, 
there's a new Star Wars movie. And I'm, I'm feeling sad that I don't have a new, like I, I have the Mandalorian and that's great, but there are new, new Star Wars movies uh, for me to go and see. And I can't go to the theater. And so that makes me sad as well. So I did something. A I have little, an idea what you did. You cheat, cheat, diff- cheated again, because when it comes to Adam, you have to cheat. <laughs> I did something oh a little my different. God. I did something a little different. Why didn't week. you pick all three of them? Because we have to watch them in order, Sarah. We can't talk about The Last Jedi and then go back and talk about The Force Awakens. So okay. for those of you listening to the show, Sarah, what's on the wheel this week? The Force Awakens. Just like six times. Um, yeah. I may have, I may have, I may have tricked the wheel a little bit. I may have, I may have did a Jedi mind trick to trick this in my favor. Uh, so shall I spin? Yes. Okay, so let's see what I'm we're going to watch. Dying to know. Next. It's going to be The Force Awakens. Oh, look. It's The Force Awakens. It's going to be The Force Awakens. You look upset. Is it because I'm making you watch a Star Wars movie with me? No, I or... love these films. <laughs> I but do. But I do think that we need to watch them in order. So yes. I, I think that we ha- watch The Force Awakens first because how else can we properly pay tribute to, to Raylo? Unless That's we true. watch The Force Awakens, then The Last Jedi, and the then The Rise of Star. We can't we can't watch them out of order. That's so, true. So uh so that's that's what we'll be watching next, folks. So we'll be wrapping up, I guess are are we calling this a wrap on season one at the end of December? That'll be, I guess, our last episode of season one. It was kind of a short season because we short started season. midway through uh, the year. But I'm going to call this uh, our la- uh, the last episode of season one will be uh, The Force Awakens starring Adam Driver. And nice. I'm fucking excited. And I'm, I finally get to talk about a Star Wars movie on our podcast. Finally. Yes. And Sarah, you look frightened. No, I'm 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 excited. Okay, uh, I did. I love I love Star Star Wars. All right, well, uh, folks, thanks for listening to this episode about Hot Rod. Um, you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those things. If you'd like to leave us a review, we would absolutely love you for it. Um, tell a friend about the show, um, and please, uh, I genuinely would love to hear what is your favorite scene from Hot Rod, or maybe you have your own moments of thirst that you'd like to share with us. Um, also, please, somebody help us. Uh, did Akiva cameo in Hot Rod? Please help us. Sarah is going to have so many sleepless nights and and anxiety dreams about this. If she does fall asleep, it'll be in a fit of exhaustion, just wondering where in this film did Akiva cameo. So please, uh, you can find us on Twitter at AdamAndyPod. Or uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy Podcast. Um, and uh, please join us for the next episode where we'll be talking about The Force Awakens. I'm so excited. Uh, can't this wait. This is a time when you are required to talk about Star, Star, Star Wars. I'm going to be on the loose. I'm going to be on the loose. And I don't know if, if you're going to be able to rein me in. I won't. I won't want to. My God, Sarah, this is the best Christmas gift that you could give me is to just let me just just go on and on and on about Star Wars. Um, I would love to. Please come back. I also would like to talk about it, too. I mean, I I know to discuss it, too. I know. And I feel like we've talked about it, maybe, but never really like talked about it, talked about it. Like, I feel like now we're really good. Like inspect it. We're going to we're going to take a just take a big 
juicy bite out of this movie. And I'm excited. Thank you.